This is a COVID-19 update from the Oklahoma City County Health Department. Hi, I'm Ken Johnson, and I'm glad that you're along with us today. We have our guest, Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt. And Mayor Holt, uh, we've been hearing quite a bit of chatter about this Phase 2. What exactly does Phase 2 mean to the average citizen in Oklahoma City? Hi, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Ken. Sure. And thanks for providing this important public service. Well, you're correct. As we sit here, we're, we're at the commencement of phase two. And really, you know, uh, phase two is more of a milestone than it is any major change um, in the city. Uh, unless maybe you own a bar. I kind of joked that phase two was just phase one with bars. But beyond that, um, it, it's really just a recognition that, um, you know, we haven't had a spike in the two weeks since um, the commencement of phase one. Phase one was far more of a transition. You know, that was where we were bringing back, um, you know, some high risk activities that had been really completely uh, shut down for, you know, about a month. Um, And in that phase, you know, we were reopening or at least I should say allowing to reopen hair salons, restaurant, dining rooms, gyms. You know, not everybody has um, has taken us up on that because obviously there's still a lot of concern, uh, reasonable concern about the virus. But we were lifting the government restrictions, both at the state and local level. As we move into phase two, um, we're extending that to really kind of the only uh, business that was totally closed still, and that was bars that don't serve food. Um, and for obvious reasons, you know, that was that's an establishment that really has no uh, necessary purpose. You know, it's not a, it's not providing you sustenance and food. Right. It's more of a gathering place. And anything that's a gathering place obviously has been, um, you know, a, a, a location of concern in this pandemic. So uh, having said that, you know, all the things that are open now, uh, or at least allowed to be open, were are still subject to certain very reasonable kind of common sense conditions regarding social distancing and and sanitation, um, so there or sanitizing, I should say, so that uh, these activities are safe, you know, or at least safe as they uh, can possibly be. It's you know really important that people recognize that phase one, phase two, none of that matters to the virus. We still have a deadly virus in our community, just as we did six weeks ago um the numbers are good but when we say that the numbers are good or going in the right direction we don't mean they're at zero you know the numbers Mm -hmm. and the charts still validate the reality that there's there's still a virus here people are still getting it every single day and almost every single day somebody dies and and that's very real and um you don't want to be that person and you don't want your your loved ones to be on those uh, to be in those statistics either so so you can engage in these activities that returned in phase one or in phase two um, if you keep your distance, you wash your hands, you wear your mask. And if those businesses, in, you know, follow the, uh, the guidelines uh, and in some cases, you know, uh, legally binding conditions, um, you can probably return to these things. There's nothing as safe as staying in your bedroom and locking the door. You know, right. I mean, that's the, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and what we recognized, you know, some time ago that we weren't going to be able to do that for two years, you know. And so we're trying, I think, as a society and here in Oklahoma City, as a community to to figure out that that path forward where we're still safe and we're still recognizing the virus. But 
Um, you know, we're also recognizing the realities of, of human life in a free society. And I think that Oklahoma City is striking a pretty good balance so far. And my proclamations are an, uh, are an effort to put those common sense conditions in place, but allow you to make some choices. Um, and that's kind of the phase uh, that we're in now. Uh, one other thing that's probably worth noting, sure. um, you'll see a lot of talk about gathering limitations um, in phase one. That was clearly uh, a limit of 10 right. in phase two. The White House recommends 50. Um, there are in a sense that was already limited uh, in phase one to social gatherings. And so, uh, you know, for the purposes of socializing, basically a party, you know, mm-hmm. You could already really identify that some exceptions to that, um, you know, to that to the to a strict gathering limit had developed in phase one in the fact that churches certainly had more than 50 people in them. I mean, certainly had more than 10 and certainly had more than 50. And, you know, and so basically, if you're an open facility at this point and your capacity happens to be more than 50, you can use your facility, but you've got to follow the distancing requirements. you're still going to be subject to that, whether you're a movie theater, or a church, um, you know, whatever the case. If you have, um, you know, that kind of theater style seating um, that would bring a lot of people in the door, um, you've still got to keep an open row. You've still got to keep two seats between parties. And so, you know, it may you may ultimately have more than 50 people in that room. And that is entirely understood, I think, implicit in, you know, all of these guidelines. But uh, as long as you're keeping your distance, then then you're probably, you know, elevating your your uh, level of safety. Mayor, organized sporting activities can reopen. Uh, uh, kind of a general question. Uh, will that include asking the visitors to these events to wear masks? So, um, yes, in phase two, the um, <clears throat> you know, the it is contemplated that youth sports are allowed. And so in Oklahoma City, we have lifted the blanket closures we had of a lot of our facilities where some of our youth sports are, uh, are staged. And obviously there's a lot of privately held, uh, facilities as well. That includes city parks. Yeah. City right. park. Well, city, yeah. Parks never closed. We had some blanket closures on certain youth sports facilities like North OKC right. or PCAA. Those are now opening. Um, and, you know, I mean, look, there, there is still risk. I mean, there's still a virus in our community. I think you need to be very careful uh, and take precautions. There are a lot of great guidelines floating around. I mean, every industry in the United States has produced reams of uh, guidelines, right. you yes. know. And, and so if you're engaged in youth sports, I assure you, you're one Google search away from a pretty good little packet um, that would probably give you some really good ideas for how to, you know, mitigate the risk that, that your athletes and your spectators are going to have. He specifically asked about masks on spectators. Um, you know, what we always said, this kind of, this allows me to sort of address the broader issue of masks. You know, masks are to be worn when you are not able to socially distance. And so say you go to a grocery store, you're going to try to social distance, but like we're, we get it. We live in the real world. We know that that's not, you are not going to stay six feet apart from every other human being in that grocery store the entire time. It's not possible. Right. So, so that's why you wear a mask. So if you think you can go to a youth sporting event and keep your social distance, 
um, then you probably you, you might be able to get away with not wearing the mask. I mean, it, it kind of depends on the venue. I mean, my kids are in soccer and basketball. So when we're at soccer at North OKC and we're outside, we can probably keep our distance from other people. We probably the mask is not necessary. Um, but but if we feel that that's not the case, then we're going to wear a mask. And when we're doing basketball, we probably are going to wear a mask because we're inside and, and and it's a lot more crowded, you know. And so that those are the kind of decisions you have to make. But just remember what the goal is. You know, I see people right. who kind of get on both ends of the spectrum, like sure. they never want to wear a mask or they always want to wear a mask. Right. And, you know, just remind yourself what why you're wearing the mask, what the scientific purpose is of it. And act accordingly. And it should be, you know, your answer. You don't really have to ask a doctor, you know, it's like use your common sense and you ought to be able to figure out uh, when to wear the mask and when not to wear the mask. One final question. What will be the numbers or criteria that you'll be looking at monitoring locally before moving on to phase three? Well, we're pretty well committed to the White House gating criteria. And what I like about it is um, it is, you know, it's multifaceted. It's got symptom. It's got symptoms, which is kind of gauged through syndromic surveillance, which you may understand way better than I. That is definitely a public health uh, uh, category, yes. but, it, but but it's but it seems to be one that catches it early. Then you've got cases, and cases tend to be almost uh, exclusively decided by testing. And so sometimes people have concerns, especially here in Oklahoma, about our level of testing. And if they do, you know that's understandable. But we still have multiple other criteria that we're looking at. So not everything is hinging on the number of cases, you know. Thirdly, they also look at, at hospitals. So we look at hospitalization rates, we're looking at these symptoms, we're looking at um, case rates, and we're looking at new cases, but we're also looking at, you know, the rate of positive tests that people are getting. So when you are looking at all of those different criteria every single day, you really can't convince me that you're not going to catch a surge, you know, that somehow there is a secret surge happening uh, that you're missing. When you're looking at all of that data, I think you're catching it now. Um, and so that's the data we look at every single day. Um, and, you know, I mean, I get that some people are surprised or they don't believe it. But, you know, the reality is we've been looking at that White House gating criteria data every day now for weeks um, and we are still we're still meeting it. We are still in a downward trajectory um, virtually every day I look at it uh, for the last two weeks. And that's why we were able to move from phase one to phase two. Um, we'll keep looking at it. And so, you know, we're we're definitely going to react if there's a surge or a spike. I mean, we don't overreact to a to mild changes in the day to day. We're looking at long term trends. But um, if there's evidence that something has happened, that the openings are causing you know, the spread of the virus to dramatically increase. I don't ever, I never wed myself to any like magic number. I mean, I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's, I think uh, that's wise. Sure. People want you to sometimes. Right. I mean, I say, what's the number? Tell me the number so right. I can look for it, you know, and I'm not going to do that. But, um, but I think it's, I think that uh, we have demonstrated our, our cautiousness. We've demonstrated our willingness to be aggressive when, when it's necessary. So, um, you know, I think people should understand that I, they'll hear from me if there's something that happens. Um, you know, I used to post data every single day. I kind of got away from that because yeah. I was like, I finally realized I can't do that every day for the next three years. It'll wear but, you out. <laughs> but, yeah. but what my, my kind of my pledge to everybody is if, there, if there's an increase, you'll hear from me. And sure. what, and if you're not hearing from me, you know that it's probably what it has been now for weeks, which is either 
basically a plateau or, or a mild decline. And that's what we've been in for weeks and weeks. And, you know, we'll probably hit a point and we may be there where it's just sort of a flat line for a long time, like years. You know what I mean? Like mm. this is, yeah. it's not going to decline forever until it's zero. I, we know and until there's a vaccine, that's not going to happen. We are going to have cases and we're going to have deaths, um, you know, all the time. And, and we, we, but we had that even when we were in shelter in place. Right? right. So we know that even when we have tried the maximum tools at our disposal, we still had cases and we still had deaths. This is a very deadly and a very contagious virus. And so it's going to work its way around everything we put in place. But if we're still at levels that we, you know, because we've learned and been conditioned how to take it seriously, if we're still at levels today like we were when we were at shelter in place then you know i think that we've demonstrated that this is something we can handle and um and certainly our hospitals can but i'm all i care i don't just care about hospitalization rates some people you know say that's almost all they care that's about. that's all they focus on yeah right. <laughs> i mean that does that is definitely a high priority right but i also don't want people to die i'm not just saying let's just die at a proper rate you know like, like i don't want i do want to avoid deaths i do want to avoid cases and so it's all it all matters um and and i think that right now we're basically proving that even in a phase one and maybe in a phase two we can keep those rates down to where we were when we were sheltered in place. And I think that's because we've learned a lot as a people and we've learned to take it seriously. I don't know that we were ready for this back on March 15th. You know, I mean, we had to kind of readjust and adapt. Um, and even though you'll see, you know, social media will be the first to tell you when somebody gets within six feet of you or one bar uh, acts irresponsibly. Uh, you know, the reality is the vast majority of people are taking precautions. And I think that's showing up in the data. So um, I'm, I'm bullishly optimistic that we'll continue to make progress and we'll continue to keep it to a manageable level from a hospitalization rate. Uh, we'll continue to mourn our losses. They, every life matters. Um, but I think we've learned that, that some of it's unavoidable uh, to some degree, but in our individual lives, it is avoidable. And I certainly don't want to get this and I'm going to continue to take precautions. And I encourage everybody else to do the same and recognize that the virus is still here. It's going to be here for a long time. And let's just try to figure out how to live our lives in its shadow. And I think every day that passes, we get better and better at that. Righto. Mayor David Holt, the mayor of Oklahoma City. Thanks for taking time out on the Oklahoma City County Health Department's COVID-19 update. Mayor, thanks again. Thank you, Ken.